0: Hello and welcome to today's episode of BLBB and on today's episode we're talking about mental health and rape. Since this is a very touchy issue, I felt this it's paramount I gave a few disclaimers and the first is that I am not a medical practitioner, the second is that I am not a therapist, the third is that I only did research on this and I felt a lot of people do not have this information and I felt this is Parameters I give this that I've learned, I felt it's paramet I share with people and most often than not a lot of people ignore the fact that rape victims have to go through a lot of mental health issues and we completely disregard this and make them feel like rape is a normal occurrence and as such they should be able to deal with it. It's not signal, no, it is very much a big deal and rape is a very much a big deal sexual assaults can have a variety of short-term and long-term effects on victims mental health many survivors of rape report flashbacks of their assaults and most of them they have this feeling of shame isolation shock confusion and guilt people who are victims of rape and sexual assault have an increased risk of developing things such as depression post-traumatic stress disorder also known as ptsd substance use disorders eating disorders, anxiety and so on PTSD is an extremely debilitating disorder occurring after a highly disturbing traumatic event, such as military combat or violence crime. According to a study done by the National Violence Against Women Prevention Research Center in the U.S., it was found that almost a third of all rape victims develop PTSD, sometimes during their lifetime, and more than one in ten rape victims still experience PTSD. Depression, on the other hand, is a serious mental issue. A lot of people have been affected by depression. However, rape victims have a 30% increase in chance to be depressed and 21% of all rape victims were still experiencing major depressive episodes. Not only that, mental health issues can be life-threatening. Like, when asked about committing suicide, 33% 33% of all rape victims that were in the study said that yes, as opposed to 8% of the non rave victims. And not only that, rape victims are more likely to attempt. You know, there's a difference between thinking of committing suicide and actually attempting to commit suicide. And there is substantial evidence that rape victims have a higher rate of drug and alcohol consumption as this is kind of like a way to numb the pain and escape their reality for a while and a very high risk and these people have a very high risk of having alcohol and drug inducing serious problems victims have victims of rape are 26 times more likely to have two or more major serious drug problems see while individuals may, while some individuals may be resilient to the negative effects of sexual trauma, for other women, sexual assault fundamentally changes them. Like on a biological level, following sexual assaults, a survivor may develop a dysregulation of the hypothalamic-pituitary-adrenal axis. This is also known as HPA, which is a key regulator of the functions in the body controlling the neural endocrine and immune system through negative feedbacks feedbacks in habitation. So cortisol is a primary stress hormone and it is the major hormone on the HPA axis. The release of cortisol is stimulated by the cotropin release hormone, the CRH and Inhabited by negative feedbacks on the hypothalamus and pituitary gland. Several psychological traumas like rape and sexual abuse, it changes the body's response to stress by increasing the levels of CRH in the body and dysregulating the HPA axis. Inappropriate fear reactions and persistent mild depression can result from disregulation of cortisol so in addition to anxiety and depression psychological adverse effects of sexual assault include intense feeling of intense feeling of shame and guilt like victims experience this level of shame and guilt that i don't think anybody that hasn't been in a situation of rape can relate to These feelings are worsened by lack of support from friends, families, and authority because instead of supporting victims, more often than not, we tend to um, shame them by asking them things we shouldn't be asking them, saying things we shouldn't be saying to them, or just ostracizing them from the society. Following rape, feelings of mental confusion and defeat, negative appraisal of symptoms and emotions, avoidance and Perception of negative responses from authorities are some of the cognitive factors that play a large role on the onset, severity and outcome of PTSD experienced by rape victims Not only that For rape victims, there's also something called rape trauma syndrome RTS Although every rape survival is unique and no two rape are the same one thing that they all have in common is RTS. RTS is a cluster of emotional responses to the extreme stress experienced and profound fear of death experienced by sexual survivors during sexual assault. RTS is characterized by three stages. You have the acute stage, the outer adjustment stage, and the renormalization stage. In the acute stage the acute stage is the first stage that occurs it occurs in the days or weeks following a rape the duration of acute stage of rts may vary from victim to victims as some victims spend days and some spend months in this stage the acute stage of rts it can be classified under three responses the first is the expressed response where Victims appear agitated, hysterical and most often I know they suffer from crying, spell, like just break down and have severe anxiety. And there's also the control stage whereby victims appear as if no they have no emotions and they appear as if everything's fine. They associate they disassociate from their own reality. They feel like what happened it didn't happen to them. It happened to another person and such do not want to relate to what happened to them and there's also those that just go into shock or disbelief and they this this stage they react with a sense a strong sense of disorientation like what happened how did it happen did it happen to me why things questions like this have have a way of dehabilitating the victim and most often than that they have poor sense of recollection of the assault as their mind tends to block some of these things out not all rape survivors show emotion outwardly some may appear calm and unaffected by the assault but inside they are breaking down and some behaviors are present in acute stage that makes you realize that okay this person is in the acute stage of rts and one of one of sorts of behaviors are they have this numbness around them. They are vomiting. They have this nausea around them. There's this strong sense of paralyzing anxiety. They have this pronounced sense of internal tremor, obsession to wash themselves clean, like they want to be clean at all times. Even most often not, leads to them having OCD, obsessive compulsive disorder. And they are bewildered how, how what is going on. They really do not understand what is going on in their environment or in their surroundings, most often than not. So, this is, these are behaviors that occur with the stage of RTS. For the second stage of RTS, we have the outward adjustment stage. In this stage, victims seem to have resumed their normal lifestyle. They feel like okay they have to move on and however moving on doesn't mean they are fine as victims to they suffer from profound internal turmoil like they are trying to move on what inside them they are not fine things that have been broken have just been taped like breaking a plate and then you're just putting a tiny piece of tape to hold the two plates together and carrying on as if everything is fine and everything is not fine this stage may last several months or two years and for this outward adjustment stage there are five major coping strategies that victims um, use and the first one is minimalization they just pretend as if no everything is fine it's just happened nothing nothing is going on and there's and there are those that just dramatize everything there's a dramatization thing. they just keep they can't stop talking about the rape as if as if it happens to another person and not them they just recall recall it and keep telling it like a story like like something they saw on TV something they saw in the movie or stuff like that and there are those that have the suppressions the suppression the culprits, They cope with their RTS buying suppressing what happened they do not want to talk about it they do not want to be reminded that it happened they do not want to have therapy they just just want to disassociate from what happened and there are those that go through the explanation stage they sit down and start trying to find reason and they analyze what happened to them they try to overanalyze everything and thereby hurting themselves in the end by Coming to conclusions that if they had done something better, if they had said something better, it wouldn't have happened to them. And there are those that just, that those just, just running away from how it happened. They move to a new place. They change their appearance. They just want to run from what happened to them, either by physically moving out of where they are, the state they are in, or changing something about them, something fundamental the about them probably they saw that probably if they were a bit fatter, or if they had a bit more weight, the um, the perpetrator wouldn't have easily captured them or if they're a bit slimmer, the perpetrator wouldn't have captured them or if their hair was short. So they eat more, they eat less, they cut their hair, they put on more makeup, they put on less makeup and just change things that are fundamental about them. An other method of outward adjustment stage is that Victims experience poor health, continuous anxiety. They have this sense of helplessness. They are now hypervigilant about everything that, happen, that happens around them. There's this persistent fear and there's this big wet blanket of depression that just grabs them. And they experience mood strain. They are extremely angry and violent against everybody, nobody, the world. They just want to lash out and try to push some of the pain they feel onto another person so another person can try to understand them. And this is mostly common to male victims. This is not saying that vivian victims do not also do this, but then it's mostly common to male victims. Rape victims in this outward adjustment stage have a very high chance of having sleep disorders and disturbances. Nightmare recurring, insomnia, night anxieties, sleep deprivation all this happen to victims in the outward adjustment stage. And there are those that just disassociate, they just feel like they are not attached to their body, that their body is just moving. While them the core, their core being the is in another place, just watching their body as if you know, they're watching something on the television or stuff like that. And panic attacks are also a stage of the outward adjustment stage. And the third stage for RTS is the renormalization stage. It's also known as a long-term reorganization. It is during this stage that victims or survivors integrate their assault into their view of themselves. They've come to realize that, okay, this thing happened to me, but then it's not the end of the world. They resolve their feelings about the perpetrator, like everything that happened is this person's fault. Nothing I did, nothing I said, not my actions or my inactions that led to me being raped. The only cause of me being raped is this person that raped me. This stage may last anywhere from weeks to years following the attack. It is during this stage that survivors integrate their sexual assault into their life so that the rape is no longer the central focus of their lives. They have accepted that it happened and they are moving on. Negative feelings such as such as guilt and shame, it becomes resolved and the survivors no longer blame themselves for the attack. This is the final stage. This is the stage where their mental health is coming together, they are becoming happy and everything is shaping up. So now that we've identified and seen some of the issues that mental health affect how mental health affect rape victims so how can a victim how can a victim manage their mental health after rape there are no generally accepted ways for recovering your mental health after rape there's no one sure method everything has to do with the victim finally accepting that what happened isn't their fault and getting ready to move on so here are some stage stages that can help such victim move on the first stage is opening up about what happened you have to finally open up and tell somebody what happened although it is very hard to talk about what happened and this is difficult to find who will listen to you without judgment and fear and Someone that will not not shame you. Someone that will not ask you what you were doing. Something like that. But then, you wouldn't know. you will feel like everybody's going to blame you. But then, a lot of people love you. The first thing to realize is that people that are actually close to you actually love you. And find that one person that you know that whatever happens is going to listen. If you feel like you do not have them... There are a lot of centers that are open now in Nigeria that have therapists that will listen to you. So, reach out to someone you trust. Reach out to either someone you personally trust or anybody on these hotlines that I'm going to be dropping. Either in the description of this this, um, podcast or I'm going to talk about them. Reach out to any of them. Reach out to somebody you trust. Talk to them. Let them know what happened. Pour out your mind. Everything you are feeling, your sense of guilt, your sense of shame. Just pour everything. Tell, talk to them. Say everything that is on your mind. Clear your mind. Then challenge yourself of your sense of helplessness. You know that what happened has rendered you helpless. He has made you isolate. He has made you feel like you are less of a person. But then it isn't true. You are still the same awesome person you are before the rape you are still the same awesome person you are after. But now you are even more awesome because you survived something that a lot of people can't, a lot of people won't. But then I know it's very hard to just challenge this sense of helplessness. But then one of the one key facts that I've seen that helps a lot of people is to help others. Is when you see that another person is going through something and you your help helps the person move on from that thing it gives you this sense of glow, this sense of accomplishment and it ultimately makes you feel like a better person so help others help yourself by helping others another thing is to consider joining a support group for other victims that you know you come together you talk about your fears you talk about everything that's happening and you find a sense of family a sense of familiarity like, okay this thing not only happened to me, it happened to other people and there are people like me out there and they've been moving on, they've been doing greater things, this is going to help you become a better person entirely and step two is coping with the feelings of shame and guilt, first off, this is very difficult as this is not even you deliberately feeling shame of shame and guilt it is just your body your mind making you feel ashamed and guilty once you start talking to people once you've gone through the first step once you've gone through the second step and you start opening up you start seeing that okay what happened didn't happen to me there's nothing to feel guilty about there's nothing to feel ashamed about because i didn't cause any of these things that happened to me and like every act of god there is always a silver line and the silver line is that i've come out stronger and i thought this will not dehabilitate me it will not make me feel guilty and ashamed again this step three is to prepare for flashbacks and uncertain memories because the mind as it is just likes to focus up and bring up memories and flashbacks that we rather forget and it's very difficult to forget or ignore these flashbacks so there are certain steps to help ignore and move past these flashbacks and upsetting memory the first is to try to anticipate and prepare for triggers like there are some things that will just trigger a flashback and trigger upsetting memories once you've anticipated them and prepared for them and you've known that this thing is one of the things that causes me to have flashbacks and you've known that okay if i say this thing is going to cause me to have flashbacks you remove yourself from situations like this that will cause you to have flashbacks like that the second is to pay attention to your body's danger signals the body god has created the body in such a way that the body can react and give notifications that oh shit If we have to leave this place... If we don't leave this place... Shit is going to go down... We will not be comfortable with it... Once you start noticing that... Oh, this is my body telling me to leave this place... And you leave... Then you are moving... You are moving on... Step by step... You are are starting to take back... What... Whatever you might have lost... Another step is to... Take steps to self-soothe... Sometimes you just meditate... And if you are not the kind of person to meditate... You find something that comforts you for me it is watching anime it is reading for you it may be singing for you it may be cleaning just take steps to do things that suits you that makes you feel calm that makes you feel happy that puts you in your happy place and these steps that you are taking to self-suit make sure they're not harmful things I know alcohol and drugs they can take you to places that you want to be that can take you away from places that hurt you and take you to places that you really want to be but then in the end it's going to hurt you more than you need to so take positive steps to self soothe and accept and reassure yourself that this is a flashback this is not a reality that what is happening to me has passed and I've gone past that thing another step is to ground yourself in the present that okay right now What happened to me is in the past. It is not who I am right now. Right now, who I am is a survivor. Who I am is a person stronger and will not be bound by what has happened to me. I will not be held in shackles by what has happened to me. Once you start grounding yourself in the present, these flashbacks and these flashbacks will no longer have a hold over you. And step four in managing your mental health is to reconnect with your body and feelings. I know once a person has been raped, one thing that victims tend to do is to disassociate. They tend to disassociate and start avoiding and numbing things that happen to them in unhelpful ways. You need to stop doing that. You start if science sometimes you do not even know that you are avoiding and numbing in ways that are not helpful for you. Here are a few signs to help you be connect to your body and show you that you are numbing the thing that happened to you in a wrong way. The first is feeling of physical shutdown. You just shutting down. Like you no longer want to connect with your friends, you no longer want to do anything. You start feeling separate from your body, you start dissociating. you start having you start having trouble concentrating. All those are are signs to show you that oh shit, you are Avoiding what happens to you and normally in a way that it is not helpful for you and it's going to hurt you. So reconnect with your body, find things that used to make you feel happy, things that used to make you feel empowered and start doing these things. It's going to help you reconnect and make your mental health back to the way it was, even not, not, if not even better. Another step is to stay connected with your friends. Go out, do things that make you feel happy, nurture yourself, read, watch movies, take time to do things that restore your mental balance, things that make you feel happy, watch funny videos, watch cat videos online, do things that make you feel happy. But then, as long as you are doing things that make you feel happy and you are watching things online... Make sure you are smart about media consumption. Make sure you are smart about what you are watching. Make sure you are smart about what you are feeding your mind. Do not watch things that trigger flashbacks for you. Do not watch things that make you feel less. Do not watch things or do not read things online that make you feel a No, it is your fault. Be smart about what you are consumed about your media consumption. And take care of yourself physically go to a gym, eat well, do things that make you feel happy. And how can you help someone? How can you help a loved one that has been raped? How can you help them restore their mental balance? One thing is to let them know that you still love them, that no matter what happened, in spite and despite what happened, you still love them. Allow them to open up to you at your own pace. Do not rush it. Do not make them feel like they do not open up to you now it is the end do not give them of like talk to me now or i will not listen next time do not make them feel like that another thing is to encourage them to seek help encourage them but do not pressure them once you start pressuring a person to do something a person is then gets more likely not to do this what you are pressuring them to do show empathy be do not shame them. Make sure that what you are saying is what is actually constructive to them. It's not what is going to make them feel bad. And once you are showing empathy, make sure that you are careful about your physical um, physical touches. Sometimes, pre victims need to be held. Other times, they don't even want any physical contact. Make sure you study and notice what the person actually wants before you actually touch the person. The another very important thing is to take care of your own self. If you if you are fine, if you are balanced and if you are in a position whereby you everything is going on fine with you and you've taken care of yourself, you're going to make the victim it's going to make the victim have this sense of security and a sense of like okay this person is my safe haven But then once you two you are shaky, you are not balanced. You can't expect the person to confide in you, and you can't expect the person to expect you to help the person. And the final and last thing to do is to be patient with a victim, to not rush anything. Make sure you go at the pace that it is that is comfortable for the victim and comfortable for you. Well, this is all on mental health and rape. More on um, Nigerian centers that help, that could help rape victims either by talking to them or to help them get um, to help them get closure on justice. I'll be putting down some numbers for these places and their um, and what they do in the description of this podcast. Thank you for listening, and remember. The only cause of rape is the rapist, do not victim shame and do not falsely accuse anyone of rape. Thank you so very much for listening.